Welcome to Succeed in A&P, a podcast series dedicated to the sharing of ideas, best practices, teaching tips, solutions, and other exciting topics in anatomy and physiology. I'm Valerie Kramer, the new marketing manager for A&P here at McGraw-Hill. I'm excited to be part of this team and work with incredible authors and customers out there. And as with anything new, there's still a lot to learn. But that's why today I'm happy to welcome author Cinnamon Van Putty. Welcome, Cinnamon. Thanks, Valerie. This is my second episode of Succeed in A&P, and I'm really glad to be here. Oh, that's wonderful. And as the newest team member, Cinnamon, on A&P, I'm excited to learn from you as the expert. So tell us a little bit about yourself, how long you've been in A&P, and how you got into teaching. Well, I um, did my graduate work at Texas A&M uh, with Duncan McKenzie, and my particular focus in that lab was we were looking at growth in fish um, as regulated by thyroid hormones. But it just so happened that Duncan McKenzie is a phenomenal teacher. <laughs> Plus, I had gone to undergraduate school at Wittenberg University, which is in Springfield, Ohio, and that's a small private liberal arts college. And the teachers there were also phenomenal. And so it just had a lot of really good mentors, you know, a lot of people that really inspired me, and that's just what I really wanted to do. I decided I just loved teaching, and that's what I decided to go into. Um, I guess if you consider my time at Texas A&M as a TA, I've been teaching for a total of 26 years, which is wow. crazy. I started when I was 10, um, <laughs> just kidding, of course, <laughs> but then here at SWIC, um, as a full-time faculty member of Southwestern Illinois College, um, I've been here about 20 years. Wow, that's wonderful. So what really, it's, it's really interesting that you talk about the teachers and you, you really do remember those really good inspirational teachers that you have throughout your, your time in school. For sure. So in general, what excites you the most about the world of A&P? So we know why you love to teach, but how about a little bit more of why A&P? Well, for me, you know, a long time ago when I was like eight, I actually started <laughs> off, you know, wanting to be a veterinarian because I love animals, but I really, you know, I wanted to know about like, well, why does this happen? How do they know when it's time? Like, you know, if you look at, say, certain animals, they are fall breeders, you know, how do they, quote, know that? And so I just was always really interested in physiology as a science you know, what makes animals work, if you will. And um, from there, you know, I got introduced to the sort of, what would you call that, the world of anatomy and physiology as a TA at Texas A&M. And there was just something about that population of students. They're really, really invested. They want to know. They are really curious. And so for me, I wasn't like, you know, a student that could just sit down and look at their notes for two seconds and then ace every test. I had to really work hard. So I like really helping students, especially those that are like, oh, I could never do that. Really? Well, why not? <laughs> you sure could mm -hmm. if you really tried. That's great. So um, A and P, I mean, it's, it's actually can be difficult, but you're right. Students who are taking it, they, they want to do well. Yeah. So you aiding in that is, is a really great thing. What is 
your teaching philosophy? Do you have a philosophy about your teaching and what you go into every day when you walk into the classroom? Yeah, you know, and, and that's something that has really just developed over time. I think, you know, when I first started out, like, and especially when I was a student, I really couldn't see the big picture. I would just really down in, like, details. Um, you know, I would really focus on, you know, trying to remember every little fact instead of seeing how there were connections or relationships between, say, seemingly very different topics. And so I really try to strive to achieve that with my students. So honestly, I kind of focus on just fundamentals, really kind of basic cellular biology fundamentals. I find myself even, you know, say within the urinary system, which is a very um, complex topic, I find myself going back to say, okay, let's think about osmosis diffusion and helping the students see that all of those basic concepts that they learned from the very beginning just applies to a new situation with every system. So I feel like if I can help my students understand, you know, crossing the cell membrane very clearly, then they can apply that to the endocrine system, to the nervous system, to the urinary system. So that's what I really try to help my students make those connections with the fundamentals. Great. So with those fundamentals on that note, not only are you reaching your own students in the classroom, but you're a really important part of our team as an author. How did you get involved in writing a textbook? And Seely A&P is the book that you work on. And how did you get involved and why did you choose that one? Well, you know, I, I guess it kind of chose me at the same time, but, you know, as an instructor or a professor, a lot of times publishing companies are looking for people to give sort of expert feedback to say, you know, oh, I think this is accurate or I, I think it could be presented in a different way. And so that was something that happened for me. I was asked to write some chapter reviews uh, from different books and then also um, Following up with that, I had a good relationship with my McGraw-Hill rep, and so she was sort of um, really, you know, key in, in approaching me and saying, hey, would you write these reviews? And then I would talk to her about it and things that I really liked about certain books. And then she is the one that said to me, well, I know that the Sealy author team is um, getting ready to retire, and they're sort of... Um, interviewing or auditioning for new authors, is that something you might be interested in? And I thought, yeah, I really would. And so I got um, a call from Michelle Watnick at McGraw-Hill and started in working with the Sealy author team. That's great. Yes, you've had quite a few people that you've worked with here at McGraw-Hill, so. Mm -hmm, I have. <laughs> Hopefully, it's been a good experience with all of us. <laughs> oh, my gosh. I would say McGraw-Hill is like a big extended family. Oh, that's wonderful to hear. So Rod Seeley's book began as a problem-solving manual. What makes it so special, and how did it appeal to you in the beginning, in the first place? Well, yeah. Well, you know, the problem-solving manual, that kind of says it, which Rod Seeley really wanted to help his students start to make those connections that I was talking about earlier, sort of rather than just memorizing facts, 
he wanted them to be able to take knowledge they learned in this chapter and apply it to information in this new chapter. And so his foundation is critical thinking. And that, that was what really stood out to me is most other books to me kind of read like this, just encyclopedia of terms, whereas Rod Seeley's book and Trent Stevens and Phil Tate, they all worked really hard to keep this cohesive image or cohesive um, message going throughout every chapter of, okay, let's apply this to a situation that you may not have thought about before. And that's, that's really what makes Sealy so special is its foundation is critical thinking. Great, critical thinking. We hear a lot about critical thinking. How do you think Sealy helps the average A&P student? Well, I think, I think that's exactly how it does. Is it, you know, it, it, what I was just saying is it provides them with this basic information. You know, we have to learn the language first. So we have to present vocabulary. There is a certain amount of sort of just memorization or familiarity with terms that students have to have. And then you can slowly begin to kind of chip away at the bigger picture and ease the students into saying, oh, guess what? You're actually now thinking about high-level pieces of information. And to me, that's how Sealy helps average AMP students, is it locks them from sort of starting at ground zero, very set but more detailed and um, complex ideas as they move through each chapter. Yeah, and again, it kind of goes back to the fundamentals that you mentioned from the very beginning. Mm -hmm. And I think, you know, in this new edition, we're constantly trying to continually keep with that um, feel. And so in this new edition, we added another set of questions that chip away, to use that term again, or, you know, mm -hmm. allude to this um, idea of critical thinking we've added what we call process figure questions. So we have a certain style of figure in the book called a process figure, which walks the students step-by-step step through a process. And then at the bottom of those figures, there's a, an application style question for the students and to accompany those in the back of the book or at the end of the material, there's a solution style answer where we walk the students through the logic in making those connections. Oh, wow, awesome. So on that note, there other, what are the top three enhancements of the new edition, which is coming out this January, by the way? Yes, well, that was probably my number one enhancement to repeat that, these process figure questions that have solution style answers. Um, we have a couple of other style uh, questions that are also critical thinking style questions in the book. Um, they're called predict questions and then the beginning of each chapter has one of those questions called a learn to predict and every learn to predict question is at the beginning of every chapter and the answer is in the back of that chapter. Again, written in a teaching style or solution style format. Um, and so what we've done based on um, professor reviewer feedback is we've provided only the um, 
now I can't remember, but like I think it's only the even numbered questions, the answers go to the instructors and then the students still have access to the numbered questions. So if there's instructors out there that um, want to use those questions, you know, as an assignment, then the students don't have direct immediate access to those answers. Um, mm -hmm. Probably the second thing that we've done is Chapter 23, the respiratory system has been reorganized, um, I think, to make it a little bit more streamlined so that maybe the students can more directly see connections between, say, gas laws and then respiration. And then finally, throughout the writing, we started adding numbering. So. You know, if we say there are three things that are important for the respiratory system, we don't just list the words, we number them one, two, three. And I feel like that helps students organize their thoughts so that they could even maybe take notes from the chapter themselves. Great. So how did these, the predict or learn to predict questions, how does it help students for the high stake exams like the nursing boards? Well, I think so, you know, there's this kind of question, can you actually teach somebody critical thinking? And it isn't something that you can teach them, but you can model it for them. You can give them an opportunity to practice it. And the reason why that applies to the nursing boards is because the, from what I have been told from my former students, quote unquote, the entire test is application style questions. Um, so students, you know, when you are faced with a real life patient, there's not going to be, you know, letter A is the only thing that applies to this patient. There's going to be multiple things that are interacting. And so you sort of, as a nursing student or allied health student, have to pick the best answer out of the choices rather than the one right answer. Hmm, interesting. Yes, okay, so now prior to my position now with A&P, I got to talk a lot about microbes in microbiology. And for the listeners out there, you should really take a listen to Grow Microbiology podcast. It has some, similar to the AM, Succeed in A&P, it's got some great information about microbiology. But I know you added microbes um, in the body feature a few editions ago. Can you tell us about that? Yeah, well, you know, there's just been in the scientific field, a rapidly growing interest in the microbiome, uh, meaning mm -hmm. those organisms that live in and on the human body. And, you know, initial estimates, they've revised this quite a bit now, but it's still pretty astounding when you think about the number. But, you know, originally, say six years ago, they were thinking that for every human cell, there were 10 microbe cells. We now know it's more of on order of two microbe cells to every human cell. But if you think about it, that's still twice the number of human cells are microbes. And, you know, there's been just so much research out there showing that, say, for example, um, you know, people my age, um, very young, <laughs> um, but people my age, you know, babies who grew up in the 70s will tell you, you know, in my high school or in my elementary school, everybody ate peanut butter. You know, there was just, that was a given. There was peanut butter on the line every day for kids that didn't mm -hmm. want anything else. And 
we just have seen this rise in food allergies and other kinds of allergies, and the question is why? And we don't know why exactly, but scientists propose that possibly it could be this increased use of antimicrobial soaps, et cetera, et cetera, because we know that in order for our immune system to develop correctly and appropriately, we have to be exposed to bacteria. And we know that there are those bacteria in our gut that we have to be exposed to for the immune system to develop properly. So in short, the human physiology is very closely tied to the bacteria that live in and on our body. And the number of interactions between them is just fascinating. And so that's what we wanted to kind of highlight is some of our normal, if you will, physiology is due to the presence of those microbes. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's very interesting how there's good and bad. Mm-hmm. Exactly. And, we, and I think before, you know, a few years ago, we, we only heard about bad bacteria. And it's kind of got a negative name. So. Right, exactly. Very interesting, and it brings Sealy really, um, really modern and relevant. So it's a great addition. So based on the current technology and landscape, where do you see Sealy going or changing in the future? Well, I think that one of the things that has happened is with the advances in the digital technology, I think that you know, the publishing companies and professors, we've seen that print is going to be relevant for a long time because anatomy is such a visual art. But we also can do things digitally that we can't do with print. So I can see us moving towards a lot more interaction with the digital, a lot more ability to manipulate, say, a figure. Um, as you're reading, say, through the Learn Smart, um, having, which we have now, we have embedded videos and animations that the students can watch, but maybe having the image in the text be animated so that as the student is reading, they're kind of seeing the process occurring, if you will, live in front of them. You know, that's something I can see happening, and I see with digital, the ability to customize a lot more with what your particular course needs to achieve. I just see that as becoming easier and easier. Yes, it's an exciting time, that's for sure. Mm -hmm. What advice would you give a brand new instructor today when it comes to teaching A&P? It's their first day on the job. What, would, what advice would you give? Well, the, the, what I would tell them, number one, is to um, Enjoy yourself. Be confident. Students, they know right away if, a, if a, an, an instructor is not confident. But I would also tell this instructor, you know, they need to join HAPS, the Human Anatomy and Physiology Society. Just the amount of resources and exchange and ideas for teaching this particular um, field is almost unlimited. HAPS so many resources available for instructors. But also I would say that I would find um, a mentor that would be willing to share the course materials that they have developed over time because it's going to take time to sort of 
get their feet under them to kind of figure out what they like, what works best for them. I mean, I'm still changing how I teach now. Um, and a lot of it, I get the ideas from HAPS. So, you know, if you could maybe start off using somebody else's material, and then within a semester or two, you've been able to modify it to yourself. Yes, great, great advice. Well, I just love hearing um, all your insights about A&P, and if there's one thing that you would change about science education, what would that be? <laughs> well, I think for me particular, uh, in, in particular to teach anatomy and physiology, I'm at a two-year uh, college, and our anatomy and physiology has very few prerequisites. I think in science education moving forward and, you know, in the four-year colleges, batch baccalaureate level, they have a lot of prerequisites, but I think that would be it, is maybe having these prerequisites where students, going back to that idea of fundamentals, of maybe teaching just the fundamental concepts about cells and, um, you know, interactions with matter, and then also time. <laughs> I wish that we could just have more time to spend with our students. And I think um, one other thing that I thought of just now was helping students figure out how to study. I think that's probably with the incoming students now, one of the most, um, the strongest challenges we have is something has changed where the students really don't know how to glean the information from course material. So I really like to be able to spend some time just saying, look, this is what you need to do to be a good student. Mm -hmm. Yes, I wish we could all invent more time, right? Make it come from thin air. <laughs> right, exactly. Well, I am just very much looking forward to sharing the new edition of Steely's Anatomy and Physiology with the world of higher education. And is there any last words that you'd like to leave us with, Cinnamon? Well, you know, for me, it's just an honor to be able to work on this book. And, you know, for those people out there that do use my book, I'm, you know, very grateful. And I always welcome feedback because you know, I want to make sure that we as a team deliver a really sound product. I don't want to mislead anybody, and I just really hope that it helps students. Yes, I think you are. You're, you're doing great work. And thank you so much for being here, and happy holidays to everyone out there. And thank you for listening to Succeed in A&P. And since I'm new, if you like this episode, please leave us a review. and. Uh, if you send me that review in my email, which is Valerie.Kramer at MHEducation.com, I'll send you a gift card. So make sure you uh, submit a review and send it my way. And then don't forget to subscribe to the podcast on iTunes, Spotify, or Stitcher for more A&P inspiration. Mm -hmm.